Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Welcome to the show. Our theme today is there is no perfect time to start following your dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start living your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, lead with your gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. We will discuss in all these things, like we do every week, how to overcome the odds to be successful. My guest is Dr. Robert Watkins. He's the CEO of Conquer Worldwide. Conquer Worldwide is a consulting firm that offers business advisory services and financial consulting to individuals and corporations. Dr. Watkins has invested in over 200 new business owners, assisted thousands of families to change the trajectory of their financial legacies, and has facilitated more than $10 million in capital for startups. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Dr. Robert Watkins. How are you doing, sir? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Now, where are you based at? I am based in Orlando by way of Atlanta, born in Detroit. But I have an office in Atlanta, but I'm living and living my best life right now in Orlando, Florida. I tell you one thing, uh, very familiar with Orlando, Florida. I, I, I like to call that mosquito country, okay, <laughs> because you go down there, you, you drive. Every home seems to have a screen on their back porch. Yeah, well, we're no different there. So, you know, Disney being down there, you know, they've, they've done a pretty good job controlling the critters mm-hmm. down there. So, uh, but yeah, we need those screens to stay away from the mosquitoes. Absolutely. Let's talk about, you said, I said in your intro, has invested in over 200 new business owners, assisted thousands of families to change the financial trajectory of their legacies. Talk about your background. Yeah, well, I used to teach business at Emory University, actually here in Atlanta, and uh, when people graduate from my MBA program in business, that goes out of business school, they will call back two years later and say, Dr. Watt, because I need money. And then I would go in the churches and I would teach on business and finance. And all the people in the church was like, Dr. Watt, because I need money. And so we started a financial company 
uh, to help students and to help people who have dreams and, and visions. Because at the end of the day, a dream without resources is a nightmare. And when people don't have the capital, uh, they, they live in what I call holy frustration. And so we started a financial company about 17 years ago, and we do about 16, 17 million dollars a year in lines of credit, um, term loans, um, and lots of 100 to 300 thousand dollars. Most people don't need a million dollars; they just need maybe 50 or 60, 70 thousand dollars to get off the ground. And we have cr created probably many more than 200 new real estate investors, probably somewhere around 700 or 800 now of brand new real estate investors, and especially those that are in college, I say you don't have to wait till you graduate to uh, invest in property, um, to start building wealth. The earlier you do it, the better, but the access to capital, which all these other banks that were controlled by non-minorities uh, typically say no, 80% uh, of the time we say yes. Right. And uh, we have taken the frustrated entrepreneur and created wealth for those people in the hundreds. So we've been doing a really good job. I'm really proud of my team. Now, how does one get in touch with you when you talk about these financial opportunities? There's always paperwork involved. And usually when they're from a minority perspective, that's when they, they, they stop. Nobody wants to do the paperwork. Nobody wants to do the background check. But everybody wants to, hey, I need help. Give me some money. So there are steps to this whole program, the steps to people really engaging themselves with the financial assistance. Talk about that. Well, the difference between us that we have our own underwriters. Underwriting is really where the magic happens in terms of getting to a yes. Most of us know about underwriting when we're buying a home. We're about building our life, right? Doing our, our dreams. So I have two underwriters that work for me full time and uh, they understand the plight of guys like me or a black man who grew up in Detroit who well, I was supposed to die of a, of a drug bust or some gang violence, but I'm certainly not supposed sure. to be here talking to one of the most successful men in the world right now about business. Um, so, but we have those two underwriters who, who understand the sensitivity of, of our backgrounds, right? We may not have the best credit, we may not have the best uh, experience uh, when it comes to certain matters of going to the next step. Um, so we take in all of those factors. When you control underwriting, you pretty much can control the yeses. Yeah, I'm, talk to, I'm talking to uh, Dr. Robert Watkins. Um, he's the CEO and founder of Conquer Worldwide. Worldwide. And it's important to talk about what we always talk about now. You hear about fintech, financial tech. We talk about Greenwood. We talk about black banking. We talk about trying to create financial structures where we can walk in and see somebody like us who may be under, more understanding and allow us an opportunity to grow our dreams. And grow our dreams always needs financial assistance. Now, when I talk about your background, you know, I did my research, military guy. Yes, Army. sir. Army. How did that help you out as far as discipline? Did it provide discipline or did it give you a sense of direction? Absolutely. Before I went in the Army, I was 17 years old and I graduated. I, I ran track, so I was really good in track. And I remember um, coming home after graduating and, and my mom asked me, well, so what are you going to do in life? Because I didn't want to go to school. And I said, well, I'm going to ride around and get high. She said, oh, OK, really? She didn't get mad at me or anything. I stayed out to one o'clock in the morning. I came home. She was she just said, oh, you OK? I said I was OK. And I got up that next morning. I was like, wow, I'm really grown now. And it was I got up and I heard a, 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 a guy. I told her I just ride around and get high. That was my that's all I wanted to do and get a double wide trailer. That was my plan to success. That was it. And I got up that morning, sir. I, I just had to stop you. Say he was so. That was a that was a dream. My dream when I got out of high school was to be a forklift driver. 
So I can't laugh too loud. Okay. And I and I'm telling you I got a job as a forklift driver. So when you say that, because that was my dream, and I and I and I have to slow that down because, you know, our dreams could be so small. Yeah. If we just open our opportunity to people mentor us to show you what we can be. Yeah. And so you told your mom. I'm gonna ride around and get high and get a double wide trailer. Cool. That was it. And she said, Oh, okay. I got up there next morning. I heard a man in my house, just my mom just raising by herself. I went downstairs. First thing I saw was some shiny boots around the corner. And I looked up. The guy was wearing a green uniform. And he said, you're Robert Watkins? I'm, I'm in my underwear. I said, yeah, who are you? He said, welcome to the Army, son. My mom signed my butt away to the Army. And it saved my life. Now, I was mad. I was scared. Mm -hmm. But I was a knucklehead. And I've never really heard my voice. And the first time, this is where I grew up, when private... In basic training, Private Jackson called me to the front of the of the platoon, and he said, "Call the men to attention." Mm -hmm. I said, "Me?" I said, uh, "Who am I?" And and he said, "He says, soldier, do it." And I said, "Men, attention!" And those men snapped to attention. I heard my voice for the very first time. Right. I really believe I grew up in that moment that my voice mattered. Something clicked on the inside of me, and I really believe I went from being a boy to a man in that moment. And so I carried that responsibility and I realized that I was insecure about who I was. Mm -hmm. And so that discipline that learned in the service, caring about your fellow man, caring about caring, having a mission, having an assignment and completing what you started has made me the man I am today. Yeah, which is really important because I always tell people about setting goals and then completing the goal because you can't go to the next goal unless you wrap up. A lot of people don't understand that. They just have a lot of things happening in their lives, but not one of them is a completed goal. And so I call that busy frustration because you keep, you're frustrated because you're not doing anything, but you got all this business that's taking up time for you to complete something. And so that's what you're saying, goal orientation. That's what we're talking about now. And that's what drives successful business. Now, when you, you did go to college yes. and then you became a fraternity demand. Yeah, I did. I played Kappa Alpha Psi. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm still active when I can. Well, you know, the reason I bring that up because I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi. And so, and I tell people, you know, I'm not saying fraternity life is for everybody. But it did, I was a guy just, just, just wandering through college. I'm not going to lie to you. It took me seven years to graduate. And four and a half years of that, I was still a, a freshman, basically. And then when I played, I really, it, it gave me a sense of goals. It gave me dates. I always tell people, I operate on 30, 90 day, and six months intervals in my life uh, because the typical person operates on that 30 day window. They always worried about the rent, always worried about the rent, always worried about paying that bill the next 30 days. And so I had to get out of that 30 day cycle, which is typical for minority households to the 90 day cycle. Then I went to the six month cycle and then I project a year like you're supposed to do with a business because you can't project a year in advance then you don't know if you can make money which means you don't have a real plan and so that's why i just wanted to bring that up because it's not saying whether you tied to your fraternity now an active member it's about a certain discipline you've had back-to-back -back levels of discipline in your life one was the military and the second was the fraternity yeah absolutely and um that's where i really learned about the bond right mm -hmm. um and, and and brotherhood, because I was the only child growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get out of selfishness. You can't be selfish and, and help your brother. You got to get out of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that was a great experience for me there on the campus um, and pledging Kappa Alpha Psi. And I love the cues as well. Uh, you, you all in the Divine Nine, 
Um, I think that we're working more together yes. ever before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Now, let's let's get to why we brought you on the show. Okay. You know, it's about financial advice, business advice. And I did a little research, okay. you know, with your social media. And I saw these nice little things that I wanted to bring up. And let's talk about, uh, you know, five reasons why small businesses and churches fail. Well, the number one thing is just a lack of leadership, just incompetency. Um, you're only going to go as far as the people around you. I always say, and you say this as well, that if you hang around nine broke people, guess what will be the 10th one? Mm-hmm. And you go into a lot of small businesses, and certainly not here. You have competent brothers here that are working, that are focused, that they are technical. They know your vision. Mm-hmm. I, I sense that. Um, I mean, you go into some churches, um, black churches and white churches, but mostly black churches where I'm hanging out in. Um, you know, the Bible talks about how we need faithful and able, mm-hmm. not just faithful, mm-hmm. but faithful and able. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the number one thing is that just having incompetency around uh, a competent leader. That is frustrating. Well, you know, the thing about it, because the reason I brought that up, because I because rarely do you hear, hear the word business and church in the same sentence. But really, a church is a business. It's organized. And, and a lot of people want to ignore that. But what also happens is... It's also like in the business, you expect full-time service. You pay somebody full-time. In church, I don't know if that's the same mentality until you start treating it like a business. You know, some churches I went to, you go, wow. You have to say, wow, because you know they have 40-hour-a-week people. They do. They have film crews. They have they have leadership groups. It's, or it is a business. And so when you say five reasons why, that's one of them is leadership. What's the next? Yeah, another is, this is lack of resources, a lack of money. Now, the reason why white churches uh, excel much faster than white churches. It's simply because of education. Yes, sir. And it's because uh, if you're hearing about wealth building products, stocks, investing, et cetera, uh, and the only thing you're hearing in another church is just giving, 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 um, you know, typically when a black person gives, typically, generally speaking, they're giving out of a paycheck. So it really is sacrificial giving. When a white family gives, on average, they're giving out of wealth an overflow, they're giving out of a business, they're giving out a stock, a retirement fund, IRA, mutual fund, they're giving out of some type of wealth product. Mm-hmm. When you're giving out of a paycheck, it's like, either I'm gonna give this church $100, I'm gonna have lights. Right. Right? So we have to use words like sacrificial giving and we can, offering has to be 30 minutes long um, just to get people to give because they're giving out of their life. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is start educating our people about money and you're the leader in this area so that we can give more and do more and leave something that's lasting for this next generation. Yeah. When I'm speaking to Dr. Robin Watkins, you know, Conquer Worldwide, CEO and founder, when we talk about things like this, because I'm not, that's the last question I'm going to ask on that, because I always tell people, you give away everything, then people don't, I got all the information. I don't need to follow up. I want people to research. I want people to Google you and find out your brand and the vastness of it. Why are you on this show today? Well, I love people, and I love seeing people prosper. What breaks my heart is seeing poor people. Uh, Broke can be fixed. Poor is a mindset. And when I see people living below, um, not the poverty line, but living below their potential, living in potential is frustrating. And when I see guys on the street, or I see even in corporate America who are not happy, uh, that breaks my heart because I believe that every man has a purpose. And I learned that as an, as an orphan. I, I, was, I never met my birth mother or my birth father before. So I was born as a ward of the state of Michigan. 
And so I had to climb out of that situation and started with my mindset. Mm -hmm. And so when I see people who are living below their kingship or their queenship, it just seems like I need to do something. Mm -hmm. That's why I write books. That's why I speak so passionately. I do business conferences and, um, and, and I have a finance conference, I mean, finance company. We have a, a consulting company as well. So we just don't give the money. We say, well, here's the hundred thousand dollars. But let's turn this hundred thousand into three hundred thousand, into five hundred thousand, into a million over the next five years, mm -hmm. right? But here's some seed capital, mm -hmm. and we stay with them. Uh, we have a we started bed and breakfasts, tech companies, bio companies, um, healthcare companies, uh, and all started with just a dream. Like most people come in with bad credit and no money, no experience, but they have a vision, and that thing is more valuable than anything that is that we can ever pay for. Let me ask you this, Doctor Watkins. Um, in the military, you say you found your voice. Okay. When did you find your vision? Uh, I got to a place when I was, I was married and uh, my first marriage failed. And it really is because I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And I got to a place, I was living in holy frustration. I said, you know what? I have to have a purpose. And I was selfish and I was, it was all about me and my house and cars and it's all about my brand, my company, what I was doing. You know, I was an Atlantan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized that it's not a good wing formula. And when I got to the place, I started losing things. Um, I never filed bunk bankruptcy or anything. But I lost I lost a couple of cars and house got on the water and uh, found myself in divorce court. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I created all of this. I'm taking responsibility for who I hurt. I'm taking responsibility for what I have not done. I'm taking my responsibility for being a man and who I am today. And that was the beginning of the shift for me. And I believe God gave me that a vision of kings and priests, that we're kings and we're priests, we're the kings, we're, we're kings in the marketplace and we're priests of our homes. Mm -hmm. And I started a nonprofit ministry. That's like what, over 17,000 members? Yeah, there, we have right? 17,000 men mm -hmm. there. And uh, we have a big conference coming up in J June 9th and 10th in Orlando. And we're kings and priests. We're kings in the marketplace and we're the priest of our homes. I wasn't a good priest of my home. I was paying the bills. I was a good provider, but I wasn't a good priest. I wasn't imparting. And, and so this is the message that I'm trying to take to men, especially, that we can be both at the same time. You can have money, but you better be sensitive and vulnerable and humble at home and be a good father, be a good husband. And nobody cares about your money if you're mean all the time. Right. No one cares about your money if nobody likes you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And nobody wants to see you at home. And that was my life. And so um, I was able to turn things around and, and uh, that's my, that's my life mission. And that, that in course in, it aligns itself. That's your vision. Yeah. And it ties to the King and priest. Yeah. And that's an event. Tell us more about that event. Yeah. So uh, June 9th and 10th is a Friday and Saturday uh, in Orlando, Florida. We've got Ron DeVoe, one of our headliners of a new edition. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be there. Poison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loves family. You know, he loves real estate and uh, he lives here in Atlanta. You, I'm sure you know. Him. And, and uh, so he, he, he loves what we're doing here and helping men. And uh, we've got some other special guests, but it's two days of just pure impartation. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Luther Ragsdale that, that's coming. He's bought, sold and managed over uh, $2 billion in real estate before age 40. He's right here in Atlanta as well. He's going to be joining us talking about wealth. And so, but the whole point is for us to be better men mm -hmm. and better fathers and better lovers to our wives and, mm -hmm. and better citizens and, mm -hmm. and in playing it forward to the next generation. You know, when I, when I think about the, this relationship that you and I created, yeah. because it's not only information that we're sharing, but also 
I think when I sat down, not I think I know what I, when I wanted to create money making conversation, which is a great conversation. It's not so much limited to just people think that business owners or entrepreneurs are a certain type. You can be an entrepreneur as a singer, as a dancer. You, you know, you know, there's, there's so many levels, and you have to because of the way, especially social media. I would say anybody who has a social media account, it really is an entrepreneur because they have the ability to market themselves and to recognize that they have a brand. Once you lock on and realize that social media is more than just posting food and posting <laughs> pictures or you're going on vacation, then you have a business that you can produce and create. Now, when I've talked to a money guy, you're a money guy, you know, you're already corrected, Rashawn. I, I think I've done more than 200 new business owners. When you include the real estate, it's probably about 700. So we know we're bigger than that. So you facilitated financial legacies. Now I have to ask somebody like you about investments, savings. What are we doing now? Because you hear, and I'm not asking you to be an expert when you say this, but the magic word that you hear all the time now is crypto. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, the, the bad news in this economy, there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news, inflation is high and interest rates are high. Got it. But the good news is CD rates, for example, annuities are at an all time 15 year high. Yes. OK, so this is mean. So when you talk about cryptocurrency um, and I will never advise someone to do something that I'm not doing. But when we talk about compounded interest, you can take five hundred dollars and put it into an annuity right now that is averaging three percent per week. If you leave it in there for five years, reinvesting all of the money back into it, just automate it, just put the $500 in there, walk away from it from five years. At the end of five years, that is $1,088,000. You are now a liquid millionaire. That's true. We, we should have started this interview. You, you shut down my whole production crew, everything. So you talk about $500. $500. Okay. Five years. Now, I want people to fact check me because mm -hmm. there's something called a mortgage, a compound calculator. Yes, sir. Go to Google, mm -hmm. Google compound calculator, follow me on this, and your principal investment, $500, mm -hmm. and then put in 3% per week. That's what a lot of these annuities are paying now. It's big. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at the end of five years, it's $1,088,000. That is you putting the money back in. Right. Never yeah, taking right. it out. Right. It's just, it's just automate it. Don't even, don't even let the money come to you. Just automate it. Mm -hmm. But fact check me on that. Mm -hmm. And now you are a liquid millionaire. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm doing this. My wife is doing it. You know, I got my, my youngest daughter. She's a sophomore at Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. um, I got an annuity for her. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news in this economy that people don't want you to know. Right. And that, that's why I have you on the show. Because, you know, I'm not... I won't ever say I'm a know-it-all. I'm just a person who brings on information. But when I am, when you say something like that, I love the fact you say, well, fact check me. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people won't allow themselves to be fact checked because they won't. And I won't allow those people to be on the show. I edit out. Because what I won't do on this show is create false hype or false opportunity. Right. That's why I don't want to say the names of what I'm invested in. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just you can Google me. And if you call my office, we'd be glad to share that with you. But, and what is that uh, office? So tell us how we can get in touch with yeah, your Yeah, conquerworldwide.com. 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 Yep, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, worldwide.com. Or we have a great staff. Uh, they can call us at 888-526-1118. And, of course, I'm all over social media at Robert J. Watkins. Cool. Um, it was, uh, I was reading through some things with you, and it was like it was a, a title caught my eye, How to Build a Team with no money. You know, the reason I brought it up because all we've been talking about is money. And then I saw that title said, How to Build a Team with No Money. 
Now, when it, I'm going to just stop right there and allow you to start educating me on that philosophy. Well, you know, the new currency is relationships. That's why I believe God's pushed us together. Mm-hmm. That's the new currency, right? The economy is going to get worse. And so you, you're, you're, you're only going to go as far as the people that are around you, financially speaking. And so how do you build a new team? How do you build a team with no money? First of all, you got to have a compelling vision. You got to have something that people want to be a part of, right? That's what the dot-com era taught us is that you create something. Nobody heard of uh, Uber Eats or uh, even Zoom, you know, until the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And when this next recession comes, which is going to be really, really mild, we're going to see new inventions. There's going to be a new Instagram that comes up. Mm-hmm. Somebody's working in a garage right now. They're going to come to the table. So number one, have a compelling vision. Um, and number two, what is your value proposition, mm-hmm. right? What, how are you adding value to people, um, to people's lives? Uh, you're making them healthier, you're making them wealthier, you're making them skinnier. What, do, what, what, are you, what are you doing? That has to be key. And people want to be a part of that. Um, you know, I love what the, what the Bible says about that, that, that where there is no vision, the people perish. And so you got to be able to cast vision. So when I go online, I'm casting vision because people need vision. And then number three, uh, have a, a funnel, a, a tool, a place where people can come and connect to. And uh, if we just do those three things, you'd be on your way to having a really good, smart team. And then college students are everywhere. Mm-hmm. They all need experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nothing wrong with, even if you're a startup, just to share your knowledge with a college student and let them be an intern. There's two things as we wrap up. I'm speaking to Dr. Robert Watkins, uh, CEO and founder of Conquer Worldwide. If you want to follow him up, the information, the website is Conquerworldwide.com. Conquerworldwide.com. You also have a conference June 9th. June 9th and 10th in Orlando called Kings and Priests for men only. For men they can only. go to kingsinc.com. Kingsinc.com. Okay. Um, fear stops a lot of people, men and women of all color. Doubt stops them. Regret stops them. What's, what what of those things, fear, doubt, regret, how do you overcome and don't allow that to be um, uh, limit your dreams? Well, first of all, bring awareness that you are those things. I know as men, we, wouldn't, it's not, we were not taught to say, man, I'm afraid. We were not taught to say, you know, those, I'm, I'm scared. But when you bring awareness to that, man, this is, I mean, the first, you know, building that I bought on an office building, it's like, they're not going to let me do this. I was so afraid. But once I understood the process, wait a minute, I bought a house before. This is easy, right? Well, where am I going to get the money? Where am I going to get the 20% down payment? Where am I going to get the million dollars? Well, how many people do I know? I think I know about 25 people. <laughs> um, can I get half of those people to believe in this, this vision? Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I had the money. And before you know it, I was at the closing table. But, but it took five years of fear. Mm-hmm. So I could have did this a long time ago. Uh, but I had to first of all realize, man, I'm just scared. Right. Right. And and when a when a person comes to that realization, then a shift can happen, and now his heart can say, it's time to overcome this. Right. Right. And the fear of failure is very real to a lot of people. Um, so you got to put yourself out there and just know that if I fail, I fail, but I never really fail. I just learned an expensive lesson. Right. For the next level. As we close here, I'm gonna ask this because everybody needs to hear this. Talking to Dr. Robert Watkins. What is your F-R-E-E, that's free strategy to help everyday people get out of debt? Well, uh, well, number one, you know, stop making new debt. You know, that's that's number one. Number two, here's what hey, I well, realized. Let me ask you this. When you say stop making new debt, what's that? Is that Netflix? Is that, what, uh, buying a car you shouldn't have? Well, stop with the credit cards. You know, how, 
you know, here's get over the fear and cut up that credit card. That takes a lot of faith to say, I'm cutting up this credit card. And when you do that, if you say, I'm going to have, I'm going to go on a credit card fast. I'm not going to use any plastic, including my debit card. You mentioned about the 30 day, 60 day, 90 day for 90 days. I'm not using any plastic. I'm not using plastic cups. That's how, that's how cool I, and committed I am. But that's, that's number one, um, getting out of debt. Number two, uh, if you have a credit card uh, amount, say it's $1,000, and you have $1,000 in a savings account, take the $1,000 out of the savings account and pay off the credit card. Now, a lot of people don't like to do that because we like to see our money online. We like to look at it and stare at it. And I'm the same way. I like to go online and see, okay, I'm good, right? Uh, but the credit card is at 15 17% interest rate. Yes. I'm making 0.505% interest on my $1,000 in the savings account. Mm -hmm. So take that out and pay off the credit card. A lot of us don't like to do that, but that would be on your way to becoming debt-free. Well, you know, the, we don't because we don't know. Let me just tell you that now. We don't know. And it's really interesting. I, I'm one of those common sense guys, and, and it's always good to hear an expert tell you you're doing something because I've been doing that probably last year, spending more cash than credit card. And, um, you know, because I love having cash, you know, love having, having that pocket. Yeah, you're old school, right? <laughs> but, but then I'm spending a credit card, but I'm keep patting my pocket. Ooh, got me some money. <laughs> but but then I realized, Richard, why don't you go ahead, when you go to Chick-fil-A, go ahead and pay cash. But then it's a, it's a big trick move going on out there because a lot of people don't want to take cash no more. Well, you know what's happening in China and Russia. So they just came together. I won't go too deep in the woods here, but they just partnered. And the first thing they did was devalue the dollar. Essentially, they trashed the dollar. Mm -hmm. They they devalued it, and that was a economic move. That was a war on America. Mm -hmm. So, in the country, dollars are still king. Outside the country, it's not going to be worth anything. So yeah. you, we so we got to be a little bit smarter, right? Because they're already we talk about digital economics and uh, cryptocurrency. They're twenty years ahead of us. So when you so how should I feel? If I'm a guy trying to lower my debt, trying to get rid of my credit card debt, and I'm going to these restaurants and these places, they go, we don't take cash. Should I be mad at that or should I stop supporting these type of businesses or just understand that's the world we're living in now? Well, that's the world that's becoming. And when it comes to back to credit for a second is if I don't have the money in my account, I'm not pulling out my credit card. Right. Okay. Uh uh, I took my, my daughter to Ruth Chris, Chris uh, Steakhouse the other day. And, and um, so it, the bill was, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So I pull out my credit card because I have $200 in the account. Mm -hmm. right? But if I didn't have the $200 in the account, I need to take her to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I have to be real about my situation. Mm -hmm. uh, well, but there's coming a time in America, if you can imagine this, where the dollar will not be received. Right. Everything is going to one digital currency and the move that, that China and Russia made last Thursday was the beginning of that. Wow. We're speaking to you as I close. I mean, fantastic. Uh, give us the information about how to reach you and also information about the event that's going on in Orlando. Yeah, Conquer Worldwide, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, worldwide.com. Uh, you see all of our services. We got a great staff. Uh, we do financing. We do business advisement. Uh, we do some business planning. Uh, but we want to, our tagline is to grow your small business into a big business. Uh, call us, 800-888-526-1118. And we're all over social media at Robert J. Watkins. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. You're fantastic. Appreciate it. 
Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. HBCUs represent black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. Registration is open to everyone. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. Click My HBCU Story. Next, you can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. Then, share your academic or social experience at your HBCU and how attending an HBCU changed your life. We also want to hear stories if you pledged a fraternity or sorority. The goal is to use your My HBCU story to promote and uplift the HBCU brand. Your HBCU prepared you for success, and now we want everyone to read about your Black excellence. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can click My HBCU story to share your story. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashawn McDonald. My guest on Money Making Conversations Masterclass is Ryan Wilson. He's the co-founder and CEO of The Gathering Spot, a private membership network that is served that serves as a hub for collaboration and business connections for African Americans and minority. The Gathering Spot opened in Atlanta in 2016 and has expanded nationally. We'll discuss that during our interview. In 2022, The Gathering Spot was acquired by Greenwood Inc., creating the most significant fintech and community platform for blacks and minorities with a combined collaborating business community of over 1 million people. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Ryan Wilson. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Tell us about uh, The Gathering Spot, 2016. I had to start before that with a dream, with an idea. Who pushed that it, idea it, and how did it happen? So it, it did start before 2016. I, I like to say that a lot of times folks think that businesses start overnight, but our process was truly at night. I started writing about TGS in 2013, and my plan growing up was to be an attorney. So I was in law school in D.C. and came up with the idea to really rethink or reimagine the private city club experience. Sent the idea to my college roommate, and uh, we worked for about three years before the first gathering spot opened in March of 2016. So it's been seven great years. Now, now you that, that sounded really simple, Ryan. Okay, you know, you, 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 y'all had a great idea, and then all of a sudden it happened. Because we know it didn't happen, because people push back on great ideas, especially when it's not normal, or especially when it's not uh, uh, part of a community that that experience happens. What were the pushbacks and what were the obstacles in getting it opened? Gathering. So I, I actually uh, counted the obstacles in the early days, so I thought it was important to know just how many of them we were collecting. Uh, our first round of funding required $3 million of capital to be raised. And mm -hmm. it was 97 people that told us no in a row before we got to our first yes. I, at the time, was 22, 23 uh, years old. Mm -hmm. And we just kept going. I mean, the, the thing that we told ourselves during that, that time period was that we really were seeing something that the market couldn't see, right? And that, honestly, there was a good thing in the nose that we were we were getting from folks because they were actually indications that we were probably heading actually in the right direction because they couldn't see what we were we were trying to accomplish. But uh, 97 people before the first yes, and then we uh, after that first yes, we were able to move a little bit faster and start the construction process of the first TGS. Now, the first TGS, Atlanta, Georgia. 
Okay, because you were saying, you said D.C. earlier in your conversation. Why Atlanta, Georgia was the gathering spot to open it in Atlanta, Georgia was the perfect location. I think Atlanta is one of the more important cities in the country right now. If you look at the colleges and universities, if you look at the small business community, if you look at the large companies that call Atlanta home, and then if you look at the creative community, I really think that what we export more than anything else in the city is our culture. So when I thought about a place that I would want to to be where there would be different people connecting with one another, I wanted to be in a city where black folks were in leadership and 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 leading the city, but also were doing it from a variety of different industries. And so I decided to come back home. I'm I'm from here, but uh this city's special. Atlanta Atlanta is a is a is an incredibly special place and I wanted to be a part of the growth of what I thought the city was going to to experience. And I have to agree. I know that uh, Steve Harvey and I, when we uh, left New York and we were trying to figure out a place where we wanted to set up our business, our headquarters. And in 2007, we moved to Atlanta because we felt that it was just the right environment, uh, the the right type of African-Americans to do business with. Uh, It was upwardly mobile as far as uh, cost of living. We felt that was in line right there. And also, but since 2007, you've seen how the, uh, especially with Tyler Perry moving his theater down here and other, the, 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 the tremendous growth in the television and film and streaming industry in here. In 2016, you said, uh, you know, you have to be a, you have to kind of be a visionary when you start setting up these ideas. Was that, did you see that, Ryan? Or do you just, or did it just happen and you're just excited about being a part of, being along for the ride? I mean, I, I saw it, but more importantly, I felt it, right? When I came back home, I could I could feel the energy that was in the city. And this is a a, a, a a big city to a certain extent that still feels like a small town, right? We You can build relationships here. So I would come back to Atlanta and we would get more done in a couple of days in the city. And it felt like we were getting done anywhere else we were trying to to raise money. So I uh, I felt that energy. I felt the, the, felt the fact that uh, people were, were rooting uh, for you here, that they're willing to help you. And that was a part of the, the, the culture. So um, it made all the sense in the world. And I mean, honestly, again, I'm, I'm in my, my early 20s at this you know, part of the, the journey. So um, I didn't have much to be afraid of, right? It was, it was uh, exciting more than anything else just to be able to have the, the chance to have a chance. Well, let me tell you something, Ryan. I'm talking to Ryan Wilson, the uh, co-founder and CEO of The Gathering Spot, a private membership network that serves as a hub and collaboration for business connections for African-Americans and minorities. Now, I mean, it, it takes a lot of confidence. I won't say the word arrogance to say you're a young guy and say, I need $3 million and then go in the room convincing people I need this amount of money. Now, what what's your background to give you that level of confidence and what type of presentation did you have to put together to convince people that this would work? So I, I had the benefit, my parents were entrepreneurs. And so I grew up not wanting to start a business at all because I saw that life. I saw what my parents uh, went through to to build and scale uh, the, the companies that they had started. I, I, I the, the best advice that I could give folks that are that are staring at an idea that they have is just to know that it isn't random, right? There's something that's really leading you to the, the point of wanting to do whatever it is that you, you want to do. And it's important to be a good steward of what I saw as my assignment. My, my, my mission is to connect people. I'm a community builder. And um, look, I don't, I don't get a chance to do life over from what I, I understand. And so I didn't want to have any regrets about not trying. And at that point, again, I'm in my 20s. So if it didn't work out, in my mind, it was like, 
well, I'll go back and I'll have plenty of time to figure out a plan B, but um, I couldn't live with the what if. And so uh, our, our, our plan was to, to just to give it a shot. And uh, thankfully, thanks to a lot of really, really good people that were helpful to us, we were able to get off the ground and, and run. Now, it's, it's, it's so enlightening. I'm, a, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Okay, I lived in Chicago for five years, New York for four years, so L.A. for 15 years. And so I understand the culture of this country, especially from the black perspective, because I've lived it. I've, I've experienced it. And so you've expanded this, this environment of the, the gathering spot. Now, what are the other two locations or other locations that you have and other locations that you are considering and why? So we we built the second TGS in Washington D.C. Um, I met my my I went to school in D.C. for undergrad and for law school. Uh, built the third one in Los Angeles, and then what we have something called Connected Cities, where if you know anything about the Gathering Spot, uh, we we program a lot. We do a lot of events, and so right. our our mission during the pandemic, when we couldn't gather in the way that we traditionally were, were doing, uh, was to start to build uh, things that you could do maybe that weren't necessarily connected to the physical locations. So in five other cities, New York, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, and Charlotte, we have what we call connected cities. And so there are thousands of members that are uh, a part of those clubs in the cities that I referenced uh, that don't have access to a physical space yet, but do have access to our programming and to the community. The, the goal is to, to build physical locations in all of those markets plus some. Okay, let me just, uh, I just want to slow it down a little bit, Ryan, you know, because I, I know what the gathering spot is. When I read this out, I say a private membership network that serves as a hub for collaboration and business connections for African-Americans and minority. What does that mean and how does that membership register? So we, we have the, the best way to understand TGS is that we build physical spaces where everyone's welcome, but we, we are focused on making sure that black folks in particular feel celebrated at everything, at every turn of what we do. Uh, our clubs have event space, so we host a lot of different events uh, throughout the year. We have a restaurant and bar space, and then we have workspace. The reason why people join, though, is because of the network, because of the community. So my job each and every day is to try to figure out how to introduce people that ordinarily would not have met one another. The youngest member is 21. The oldest member is now 91. And so my, my job is to, no matter what you do, and if you go to a gathering spot, you'll see people wearing T-shirts, sitting next to people who are wearing suits, right? And my job is to try to figure out where is the common ground and where can we build a relationship, hopefully for business purposes or honestly for people just to meet uh, others that they need to know socially. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I'm talking to Ryan Wilson and... Uh, you know, I've been to the gathering spot for events. I've been to gathering spots for meetings. It's a certain pride that you give young entrepreneurs. That's 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 my biggest takeaway, Ryan, is that when I meet young entrepreneurs, they say, can you meet me at the gathering spot? You know, and and our meeting is at a table, you know, and, and yep. probably in the in the in the uh, dining area. And, you know, when you when you walk into the gathering spot, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, you're met. It's, it's, it's an amazing experience because it's, it's beautiful, first of all. Thank and you. you walk in and every step of the way you, you felt like you walk, you walked into a world of professionalism. Every step of the way, as soon as you walk into the dining area, you know, everybody's everybody feel like they're motivated to do something unique for themselves and special. I, I, I guess you have to experience that 
to understand what I'm talking about. Because when we walk, this is not like walking into spaces. This is not like walking into WeWorks where they do rent out little offices and they do rent out little, little desks and all that. This is an experience where you have people tied with the word pride. Am I right when you know, I say that, Ryan? No, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's our goal, right? If I, if I to, to use another uh, reference point, I mean, different age group here, but if you think about the experience that a lot of folks had when they walked into their high school cafeteria or their the cafeteria at college, right? Where everybody was there, it was a place where that you, you could build relationships, you could work, you could hang out, right? But it was family, right? It felt, it felt warm. That is what we are trying to make sure that the adults that are members of the club have a similar experience. And so um, people are, are there for different reasons. Again, some folks are there to get some work done. Others are there to meet uh, uh, people and try to get business deals done. But all in all, we want it to be a welcoming and warm experience that you know was built for you. Um, we, we have this idea a lot of times that the spaces that we move in and out of were built for everybody. Well, look, I, my belief is that Somebody was thinking about somebody when they built whatever it is that you're you're using. I was thinking about black folks when we were building the gathering spot. And so the music that you hear, the food that you'll eat and the people that you'll see all go back to this very simple idea of we need to have a place where we feel comfortable. Well, you know, I, um, you know, this, this is the fun part about talking to Ryan. You know, he talks about, you know, I was in my early 20s, you know, Gathering Spot's only seven years of age now. So that means he's, now he's in his early 30s, okay? <laughs> and, you know, I, I love talking to him because, you know, I haven't saw him like a couple of years. It was a big event that I attended, I hosted over at the Gathering Spot because it's also by community. And I want to, people have emphasized that. That's why I've been to like several events there. I think the, uh, the uh, African-American Museum had an event mm-hmm. there where they had a fundraiser there. I went to that event for that. Of course, my most recent event was the uh, Big Brothers Big Sister event where they would uh, it was engaging black men to come to the gathering spot and be mentors for, for young, young people. And this is the type of a home that you've created. Um, what makes you so proud about it, Ryan? I'm 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 grateful more than anything, right? Uh-huh. When we started this journey, I had no idea that anybody was going to come into the, the first <laughs> gathering spot is twenty five thousand square feet, right? And so uh, that's a lot of space to fill up on on any given day. So to know that from the president of the United States to your favorite artist uh, to the, the many many figures and leaders throughout town, including yourself, that uh, have spent time at TGS and hosted programs, talked about the important issues that are happening in our community. I'm just grateful that folks uh, saw what we were, this, this idea that we had in our head and have invested their 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 time with us. Uh, more memories to count. I mean, the, the club in Atlanta, we, we tried to look at it the other day. I think we're like 10,000 events in. Uh, and so it's it's humbling. It's amazing. I'm um, talking to Ryan Wilson. We'll be right back with more money making conversations. Mass Plus. Don't go anywhere. It's about it's about changing lives, and that's what I, you know, I'm gonna call him a young man, you know, because he, he started this idea, and it's in, it's in, it's important to realize that if you have a dream, don't feel that you're too young or too old to start pursuing it. 
And he started it in his early 20s, and he's still living it now in his early 30s. So the future is bright and the future is strong, and now he's expanding. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with the incredibly gifted and talented founder and CEO, co-founder and CEO of The Gathering Spot, Ryan Wilson. We'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Following Tamron Hall's bittersweet exit from NBC Today show more than two years ago, a lot of people wrote her off and some said it was a mistake to leave the show. Well, Tamron Hall has overcome the odds and now hosts one of the hottest shows in daytime talk. Most important to me and for me is that folks who are at home watching know what they're getting. They're getting a real conversation. I hope they're getting smart questions. We are looking for substantive ways to make our lives better as people, as parents. The human experience is a common thread. At the end of the day, I don't want someone keeping me from my dream. I don't want someone, you know, standing in my way. I want inspiration. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better mom. And so that's a big part of what we talk about on our show. If you want to hear this full interview with Tamron Hall, visit moneymakingconversation.com. Keep winning. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, speaking to Ryan Wilson, the co-founder and CEO of The Gathering Spot. He's on the show for some other things. The American, uh, I mean, the African, the Atlanta Business League has is celebrating their 90th anniversary. Before we get into that more detail, I just want to wrap my head around one more thing. The FinTech, which is financial tech, and the community platforms that are available at the gathering spot. You hear the word fintech a lot being thrown around. What exactly is that? And how are you guys being one of the um, the linchpins or one of the um, forward-thinking platforms for that? So fintech broadly speaks to this idea that there are a new set of companies that are trying to provide financial services or financial solutions to people. Our particular solution, we were acquired by a company uh, called Greenwood, and the goal there is to bank our community at scale, providing a lot of different products. So from uh, savings and, and credit to investing, uh, you will see the, the, the company over time really speaks to the entire financial health of our community. Why that's important is that at TGS, I mentioned all the programs that we were, uh, we've been hosting for the, our entire history. A lot of those conversations get back to us talking about money, right? But we realized that we didn't actually have the tool. We, we could talk about it, right? But we didn't have the ability to bank or, or, or help our community actually gain access to the tools that we were speaking about. So uh, what the two companies coming together helps to accomplish is that goal. We can talk about it and host our programs and meet one another, but then we also get connected to the right resources um, that, that, again, at scale becomes a really powerful thing. You know, when I when I when I bring interviews onto the show uh, and I, I it was a couple of things that happened in my life. You know, like I told like I said, Ryan, I was born in Houston and then I moved to New York when I thought I was going to be the next Eddie Murphy doing my stand up comedy career. And it was just how how empowering that city was emotionally for me. And then when I moved to L.A., because, you know, you you kind of grow up and you really realize how much history is taught to you about New York. So when you get up there, you're kind of like walking around going, wow, that's, yeah. wow, wow, Brooklyn Bridge, wow, Empire State Building. And then when I went to L.A., it was the same way, you know, uh, Muscle Beach and uh, the Walk of Fame and the Chinese Theater. And it's becoming the same way with the city of Atlanta. There's becoming a lot of landmarks. Big events are constantly 
being held here. And when you talk about the Atlanta Business League, what is your relationship with them and what's the purpose of us discussing it on the show today? So I have the privilege of serving as the new chair of the Atlanta Business League. And it's important to, for everyone to know if you are a black owned business uh, in Atlanta, uh, you have been impacted by the work of the Atlanta Business League. This is our 90th year as an organization. And so uh, my job is in that very rich uh, history to continue the effort to advocate and advance the interests of black owned uh, businesses in Atlanta specifically. So um, we've got a great great organization and a great history, um, but also a great current membership that is, again, focused on the issues of, of the day. Now, when you talk about the Congress, its purpose, our lineup, our target audience, key takeaways for the attendees, talk about that because it sponsors Norfolk Southern, WCLK, and Atlanta uh, AJC, which is a, is a print publication that's located in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Those important sponsors are important. You got to mention them. You got to be able to say what they do and they serve their purpose. But what audience are you really trying to reach? Because right now, everybody's laying off. Everybody, you know, you you know, Disney laying off, you know, Google laid off 12,000 people via email. They didn't even want to tell you per personally. And so, you know, Amazon's laying off people. So when you talk entrepreneurship and then you talk about layoffs, where does where does the excitement happen and where does the enthusiasm of the Atlanta Business League helps out the individual as well as the small businesses? Yeah, so everyone is welcome. Keep that. Please keep that in mind. Right. But our focus um, is everything connected to Black-owned businesses that are in Atlanta and the folks that okay. are interested in partnering with them. So you will see some of the largest companies in town. You, I thank you for uh, mentioning our sponsors, but you will see some of the larger organizations in town that are interested in doing business with uh, some of the, the, the businesses that are they're members of the league also present. The Congress that's coming up, it is April 11th, and it's all day. It's from 8 to 3 o'clock. The goal of the, this is our 16th uh, annual Congress on the State of Black Business. Goal of this day is again, to talk about the important issues that we're seeing, but we'll, we'll, we will engage uh, what's happening in the market broadly, but then also give very practical advice by way of, 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 uh, of panel discussions about what black owned businesses in the city can be, be or should be thinking about as they continue to grow and scale their companies. You know, it's really interesting because, and I, I think you can agree with me, like in 2020, you know, the pandemic, hit, but also the um, unfortunate uh, murder of uh, of uh, George Floyd in uh, the state of Minnesota. And there was a huge push for diversity, equity, inclusion. Well, I'm out in the business just like you. It feels like that lull for that push because politics are getting involved in it means that you know, people trying to say diversity is a bad word, shouldn't be using it. It's like reverse racism in a sense. Now, when you talk about black businesses, you know, at one time they were, you know, companies were pursuing us, pursuing our opportunities. It feels like now we're at a different hustle speed now. Am I am I wrong in saying that, Brian? Are you seeing something differently than what I'm seeing? No, I'm not seeing seeing much different. Look, one of my favorite quotes is, "Do you really want to win or look good losing?" and I think, unfortunately, a lot of times in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, it's not always about winning, right? It's about looking looking good, losing. That is not in our interest, right? We actually have to. It's, it's in everybody's interest, no matter who you are, that Black-owned businesses grow in scale. Um, we, we've got to continue to see, yes, them be started, right? But 
Also watch these companies get to meaningful scale. What that means are more uh, employment opportunities for folks. That means better participation in our communities and the ability to be able to to spend in our our community. So look, I I, I, I do agree with you that we are entering a time period where it feels like, um, you know, we, 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 we came, saw and conquered as it, you know, as we needed to for uh, black owned businesses and our, our advocacy and support of them. Right. Uh, we're not there yet. And I mean, the 90, 90 years of the Atlanta business league uh, tells you pretty quickly that we've had a lot to discuss for a long time, but uh, we're, we're not nowhere near the, the, the finish line. And it's important to, to continue to keep a spotlight on what is a very important issue. He is a leader, a natural leader, uh, still a young man. And uh, he's a leader when I say that, uh, combined collaborating business community of uh, over one million people. The CEO and co-founder of The Gathering Spot located in, um, like you said, Atlanta, uh, D.C., and um, as well as Los Angeles, physical location, as well as hot spots in places like Chicago and Houston. Again, thank you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Ryan. I appreciate you having me. See you soon. Let me tell you about the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashawn McDonald. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gifts and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. The interviews and information on his show are for everybody. Don't let change scare you. He's here to educate you because it's time to put you your dreams into action. The show, Money Making Conversations Masterclass, interviews CEOs, small business owners, influencers, and celebrities. They share financial and career success tips with Rushan McDonald, which you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale, extend your spine, remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.